0: Okay. So I decided to start recording podcast material on the fly. Um in part because that will be easier for me. I think about this stuff, you know, in and out of client calls all day. I have ideas and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I should talk about that on Instagram, I should make a YouTube video, I should do whatever." And then, you know, content takes time. Life gets in the way and I'm I'm hoping that if I start recording podcast like this that I will get to share more content with you, hopefully more valuable content and kind of just sounds fun to me to like get to share all of the thoughts that I am constantly thinking about anyway. So hi everybody. Um, <laughs> I don't know how long this will be. I don't know if I will release it. I don't know if I'm doing it daily or weekly or not at all. I don't know anything yet so bear with me. So what I want to talk about today is the fact that I I just got off a A call a session with clients a group and what we were discussing is the way in which a person who has been sort of wired to experience pleasure um, as only validation based or something in the space of body control um, for example, an eating disorder. You know, there's there's a lot of pleasure in that. There is the pleasure of restricting food and feeling really good about yourself because you did it. You waited, you skipped the meal, you, you know, whatever. It, in, in some ways, we could certainly argue that that doesn't feel good, but it, there is pleasure in it. And then on the other side, there's the validation, right? You lost the weight. You saw the number go down. Someone said you looked thin. You bought smaller clothes. Again, lots of that doesn't feel good, but there is pleasure in that. So when someone has been basically living in a space where those are kind of their options for pleasure that they are wired to essentially feel that dopamine reward hit only when they're eating restricting eating exercising or you know thinking about some other kind of body control thing Um, there are there is a it's really hard to get off that wagon There's very few other things that are going to give them at that point the same kind of pleasure, which makes it really, really shitty for a while. It feels terrible if you're thinking to yourself, oh, okay, well, I'd like to heal from this eating disorder, but it is actually my only two sources of pleasure. When I restrict food tastes amazing, orgasmic, and so there's pleasure when I do eat, and there's the validation of restricting feeling good about myself because I, you know, I succeeded at what I set out to do, and people think I look great. Those are my only sources of pleasure. I'd like to heal from this eating disorder. however the the thought of life without those sources of reward sucks. And we can look at this a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different um, specifics that this can include. so someone, let's say who is like a marathon runner might experience this where they push themselves as, as a means to stay really active, stay really thin, whatever the thing is that's going on with their body image, they, they logged a lot of exercise. And then they, they're doing the work. Maybe they're like, you know, in the anti-diet space and they're in the body image recovery space and they're working with me. And they, they discover, okay, well, I, I don't want to run marathons anymore. I'm actually pushing myself past the point that my body really wants to be. I'm going to become just a casual runner. They're doing less, they're doing less. It is very difficult for that person to really, really buy into this new life because this new life kind of sucks in comparison for a while. Anyway, it sucks because they don't get that reward. So the reward system in our body, which is like super fascinating, by the way, um, it is really adaptable, meaning we're, we're built with certain things. It's like, um, you know, our mother's touch as a baby, like that is going to be inherently rewarding but throughout life like we really craft our reward system our neurobiology is shaped by what we experience and what we seek out so if you have a bunch of dopamine hits every time you know somebody compliments you on your body that is going to become a, a reward system it becomes a cycle the more you control your body to look a certain way, the more people give you that validation, the better the validation feels, the more you feel like you need to, re- you need to control your body to look a certain way. So it's a closed loop, it's a cycle. Um, and this can be true of anything. Again, you run the marathon, you get the validation for either your body or your performance, uh, that validation feels really good, it, it turns on your reward system, and now it feels either really important to keep doing that and working that hard and getting that validation or really scary and sad to think about losing it because you know, you've decided not to do that much running anymore. And this is not a way people talk about body image, by the way. Like we are not culturally having a conversation about the fact that there is a reward built into the shittiness of negative body image and, and body obsession and body control and eating disorders. We are not talking about that enough. We have to understand these closed loops, this reward system, if we are ever going to escape it. So, the reason I want to talk about this is like let's say you're you know if you follow me, obviously, you're probably in the space of wanting to to overcome body image issues. Um, if you are let's say controlling food, controlling exercise, um picking yourself apart in the mirror or whatever it is, you have somewhere a reward system that might be turning on and only turning on in that space, and this is, of course. Only if you're sort of like quote unquote successful at body control. So if you, if you get that validation, then the validation feels good. If you're not getting the validation, this may not be relevant. Or you may get the pleasure another way. Um, for example, if you restrict food all day and then binge at night, that binge is amazing. Maybe not the whole thing, but the first bite, the first couple bites, it is just pleasure explosion. part of that is because we experience a fuck ton of pleasure whenever our body is like, hey, do more of this thing. And if you have been starving yourself, your brain will tell you, hey, you need to do more of this thing. Eat, eat, eat. You are, you know, in a famine, obviously. You need to like get as much food as you can in right now. Um, So your brain literally makes food taste amazing when you have been restricting. And... Honestly, it also makes it taste kind of when you're when you're really full. But if you're not really listening to those cues, then you might blast right past them. So um, this is something that we see a lot. If somebody is not getting the validation for looking the way society says you should look, they may be getting that validation or not the validation. They may be getting the pleasure of of the binge, of the food when it is a forbidden food and then they eat it anyway. Or it was restricted. And so the brain is just like telling you, oh my God, this is so, so delicious. Like nothing is as good. <laughs> you know, it, it, when you're eating regularly, food will probably never taste that good. So there's, there's a real loss of pleasure when we overcome body image issues. And for a while, before you recalibrate, before you do all of this healing work, um, for a while, it just sucks. Because a life without pleasure and reward, a life with, without your reward system lighting up very often, sucks. It, is, it feels bland, it feels um, depressing, it can feel really hopeless or feel like despair. It can feel, it, it, you can feel totally lost because without a reward system kind of driving your seeking behaviors, like go do this. Um, you're like, what the hell do I even do? So we need to talk about the fact that there is a part in between where your old body control or obsession habits were somehow hitting your reward system And when you're actually free, you know, uh, food freedom, body image freedom, uh, living your best life, there's a, a stage in between for so many people in which you have stripped away your sources of pleasure and reward and not yet filled those spots up yet with anything. And it is just super shitty. So people who are like not really bought in yet to the idea of overcoming body image issues, like maybe they're, you know, um, (laughs) <laughs> they're like reading anti-diet and thinking, ah, oh, this is so great for other people, but I just want to be thin. This, uh, this is a really good idea and I'd like to get on board, but only if I can do it while being thin. So there is this sort of in-between stage for a lot of people um, when it comes to moving towards body neutrality. It's like their body, but not totally. This is part of what drives that. Because when, when you're looking at a life without pleasure and reward and goodness, and you don't have a replacement yet, it is really, really unmotivating. Who wants to do that? Nobody, basically, is the answer because everybody wants a life filled with that reward system lighting up a lot. That's what feels good. So in that space of shittiness, where you have very few sources of reward and pleasure, it can be really tempting to go back to them. And this is why you see relapses this is why you see backslides. This is why it's just really freaking tempting. You're like, okay, okay, I'm doing this work. I'm feeling more body neutral. I'm, I'm eating what I want. I'm exercising less. I'm resting. I'm taking care of myself. Oh, great, cool. I've gained some weight. And now here I am. I've completely lost the validation I used to get for looking a certain way among my friends, family, peers, and strangers, and whatever. So now I've lost that one source of reward. And food doesn't taste as good anymore because I'm eating three times a day instead of just once at the end of the day with a binge. What the hell? Why would I do this? Like, I know it's theoretically better for me or whatever, but I wanna go back to those things that felt good. That felt good. This does not feel good. So it's really unmotivating to keep doing the work of moving towards body neutrality when you basically have to ask yourself to step into a phase of life where everything sucks and this won't necessarily be true for everybody so if you think about what i'm referring to here is when the source of pleasure is exclusively built around uh, food exercise body control validation etc so if you let's say i don't know you were doing this exact same thing you were controlling your body and getting that validation and and the the you know reward system lit up for you every time someone said damn you've been working out you look so good um if that's the case but then you also happen to feel really connected to the pleasure of your hobbies or your passions um you know you're really tuned into an embodied pleasure when you move your body in a certain way or you you go hiking in nature and you feel like you can commune there or you know you spend sitting Time sitting in meditation or prayer, and you're really connected to the pleasure there. Um, maybe sex is a place where you're just really leaning into pleasure and it's, it, it feels wonderful and rewarding. Maybe your friendships, your connections, the intimacy in your life is really pleasurable and rewarding. Um, so, this person <laughs> is going to have a much easier time because when they ask themselves to overcome their body image issues and to stop doing the body control behaviors, and basically to lose the validation, uh, they're going to step into a space where there's still pleasure available to them. So it will not suck as much. It might still suck, but not as much. So this person has a fairly balanced relationship with pleasure and joy and fun and all of these nice things. And so they're just giving up one of the 10 ways in which they feel really good. And it might suck, but it is not catastrophic. Obviously, everybody's got a different... Going here, but most of the people I would say that I work with are not tuned into other sources of pleasure and joy and play and fun. They are honestly uh tuning a lot of that stuff out. So maybe they have sex, but they're not getting a lot of pleasure out of it. Maybe they they listen to music, but they're not like really enjoying it. Um, you know, they they move their bodies, but they're not like in it, feeling it and being like, God damn, it feels good to move my body. It's more like, okay, I gotta cross this exercise off my list and then I'm gonna you know, do this and do that. So, a lot of the people I work with are not tuned into any other sources of reward, which means that when we do the work of giving up those rewards, they have nothing. It's just so, so common. And it's especially common because when you think about women, you know, statistically, they're more likely to have all of these body image issues and body control behaviors. Um, also, they're way less likely to have a, a healthy, abundant relationship with pleasure. Why? Because we live in a society where literally like the definition of a good woman in so many ways is that she has denied herself pleasure successfully. You know, we think about the woman who like doesn't have sex until she's married. Oh, she's so pure, she's so virtuous. She basically said, I will turn up my nose at pleasure for all of this time in my adult life. It's, it, we praise that. You know, we think very highly. of I them. Mean, maybe not everybody, but we have an idea that there is something really good, really impressive about this person who chose not to engage in, in sexual pleasure. It's exactly the same with food. We reward and praise and feel really, really admiring towards women who refuse the pleasure of food. Oh my gosh, you must be so good. I, I eat dessert, but you skip dessert. You, you're just so good, right? We don't say oh, I'm so good because I leaned into pleasure with dessert and it's too bad for you that you skip dessert because you know it's really delicious and you're missing out on all this pleasure. The, the status here is with the person denying pleasure and this is especially true for women. So it, me- it makes sense. It makes sense that so many women with body image issues and body control habits are also the ones who are wired for the least diverse and abundant pleasure and reward in other areas of their lives. This is maybe the one area that they could get it. And then they started getting it. And then it became this closed loop. You know, I restricted food at 15. I got all this validation. It felt good. I decided to keep restricting food, but I had to restrict more to get more of that validation. um, And I've been doing that for 20 years. And now here I am. It's my only one. It's very, very common. So, I mean, first of all, I just want to say this because if you're in the middle, this is why it sucks. Or maybe this is why it sucks. If you're in the middle and this applies to you, be aware that this is a pattern. You are not crazy. You are not doing it wrong. This is literally just part of the process. I also am saying this because I want it to be really explicitly known that you don't get to wait until after you've healed your relationship with your body image or, or food or exercise or whatever it is that you're healing. You don't get to wait until all that's done to start building a life filled with joy and pleasure because building that life is going to be part of your body neutrality work. It has to be. You are never going to fully give up on the old need for validation until you have a reward system wired into your body in which you are constantly lighting it up with a diverse and abundant, uh, you know, number of things throughout your day, throughout your life. So This is what I often hear is people will say, I just need to overcome these body image issues and then I'm going to figure out what I like to do for fun. I'm going to start having great sex. I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to whatever it is. So the idea is I have to heal this stuff because it's making me really anxious and uncomfortable and stressed out. And on the other side, I'll start to figure out what makes me feel good. But it's exactly the opposite. You have to figure out what makes you feel good now in the middle where where you're sitting and it sucks. You have to sit sit in the suck and start figuring out what makes you feel good if you want to actually get to body neutrality. Because for a while, you will not get, you're not going to get an instant reward. So let's say you're like, okay, I want other sources of pleasure. I'm going to start touching myself because, you know, maybe I never really connected with sex or sexual pleasure much and I don't really masturbate much I don't really know what makes me feel good so I'm going to start that that's going to be my new reward system I've given up dieting and validation I'm going to start masturbating so it's a great plan and ultimately in the long term it might you know it might work out great but at first it will not give you the same big boost big hit of dopamine that the validation from dieting gave you it takes time there is a required investment of time and repetition and practice in order for something to get really wired into our reward system in a way that makes it big and consistent and it honestly may never be as big or as consistent as your old sources of reward were um, this you know we can we can look to addiction for this as well if you used to do heroin and now you are experiencing the pleasure day to day because you're you're sober and you're trying to diversify um, what it feels like to feel good in your life without the chemical high Um, you are also very likely to be sitting in the suck saying okay well you know everybody says like orgasm feels good and everybody says I don't know eating a delicious meal feels good and sex feels good and um, playing with the dog feels good everybody says those things and they feel okay But compared to heroin, they're they're nothing. They're they're like yeah, this is fine. So there is a period of time, and and sometimes for people that I've worked with with addiction, it actually it may be a forever thing. We may never find the same big spike of reward in our day to day life as something like a drug or or the high of an eating disorder or the high of an exercise addiction. Any of these things that gave us big big like way out of balance spikes of dopamine, we might never get there again, and even though that feels really sad, and you may have to do some grief work around it, it is it is a trade for more abundance because you you had this big high, but it was just the one, and it was fucking up your life, obviously if you if it was related to an activity that uh, you had to stop doing so it may never give you that same high, it might not. So learning to diversify is important so that there is an abundant source, a bunch of sources for what feels good in your life. Um, maybe masturbating takes you a while to really get into and it, it starts to feel good after like, let's say some months are going by and you're doing a, a sort of solo sex exploration, um, you know, a couple times a week and it's like, yeah, this is actually, this reward is, it's starting to creep up on me. I'm starting to feel more and more pleasure when I do it. I'm starting to want to do it more instead of telling myself like, I have to do this thing to build my stupid reward system because my coach told me I had to. Um, It shifts from like a, a chore to sort of an intrinsically motivated thing. You say, oh, that, that felt good yesterday. I want to do it again today. That might be happening, but it still might not be as big of a spike as like seeing the number on the scale go down was for you once or the taste of that first bite of your binge after not eating all day was for you once or the feeling of somebody looking at you naked and saying you're the hottest person they ever saw or whatever that kind of like validation that you're you're looking good was for you so in those cases you have to have a Big, diverse group of things that light up your reward system can't just be masturbation. It won't be big enough, it won't replace it. it won't be motivating enough. you're still going to want to go back to the the thing that you had before. So you've got to do a bunch of things, right? You've got to connect your reward system to a bunch of things. So a lot of my clients will end up really doing doing the kind of time consuming and big work of building a life that feels good in the middle of the suck, they're still like, I kind of want to go back to the validation thing, but the validation thing was like hurting my health or my mental health, or it was, you know, it was causing problems and I want to feel good about myself and my body now. So I have to stop those behaviors. (sighs) However, it was great. This sucks. I, you know, I'm constantly thinking about like, oh, okay. I'm like moving towards body neutrality or whatever, but I just wish I could do it while also looking like I used to. Like these are really common things I hear from people in the suck, from people, my clients usually who are like in the middle of this journey, but they start building the things that feel good. They start rewiring that reward system, not rewiring exactly, but you know, um, shifting, making it be adaptable towards new things and training themselves, basically training their brains to reward them for living. (laughs) Essentially, to give them lots of hits of dopamine throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the, the year. If you tune into sexual pleasure, that's one of yours. And then you also tune into an embodied movement practice, something that just feels really good, dancing or yoga or, you know, hiking or uh, whatever it might be. This feels really, really good. You tune into things like, um, you know, you start getting massage work or, um you get a dog you know that brings you joy or a cat, and you enjoy the sense and pleasure of petting a cat more um you you know you sign up for salsa class or pottery class or whatever the hell sounds good to you, and you start playing more, you start getting more of that joy, the hit in your life of yes, this feels good, you shift your friendships or invest in friendships or make new friends or whatever it is, so that you're getting more pleasure and reward from your relationships, your partnership, your family, whatever it is you make your life feel better and the validation hit of dopamine will not seem so important. It will not be as tempting to go back to dieting. It will not be as tempting to go back to controlling whatever it was or over-exercising or restricting food or anything. All that stuff feels a lot less important when you have a life full of pleasure and joy and play and fun. So I hope that this is helpful being able to, to tune into those things is going to help most people. Um, so I wanted to pass that along. (laughs) I don't know how to end this now because, uh, I haven't done this before, but uh, I think that, I think this felt good. Um, and I would like to do more of these things sort of on the fly, you know, really talking about the stuff that comes up on, on my coaching sessions and where that takes my mind, which is like, I, I mean, as you can tell, I'm sure I'm stoked on this. Like I love to get off a call and I like write about this stuff or I'll, you know, I'll process it and just be like, it's thinking about, Oh my God, it's so crazy. The, you know, the relationship to pleasure and reward. And Oh, this is just so cool. I get really into this stuff, obviously. So I hope that it's helpful to sort of hear it bounced around. I'm not going to make this a place. I don't think where I give you like, exercises and journal questions because I do that a lot in my other areas of content um, both paid and unpaid and honestly it's harder it's harder to do (laughs) it's more pressure um, because I have to really think through what I'm going to do before I do it and this is going to be just on the fly so yeah I hope it's helpful and I will hopefully talk to you on the next one